brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Grayson Weir. Ole Miss coming off of their first invite-only junior day over the weekend. Ole Miss hosted 20-something prospects, 2023-2024. Lots and lots of talent was in town. We are going to touch on who was there and where things stand right now. Uh, Also, in the second segment, Spoke with um, on three national basketball analyst Jamie Shaw talking about Ole Miss's commitment from Amari Abram. We talk a lot about his game, how he translates to Ole Miss and the SEC, and kind of look at a a bigger picture of how recruiting has shifted and uh, what prospects are looking for. And then Jamie gives uh, his overall thoughts on the 2022 signing class. So Hang in for that interview in the second segment. But with that, bringing Grayson. Grayson, good morning. Good morning, Zach. How are you? Uh, you know, it's just a uh, another uh, another day here in Nashville. We had uh, gorgeous weather over the weekend, and then in typical Tennessee fashion, it is cloudy and in the low forties today. So, status quo. Had to hit him with the weather update off the jump. Seems to be a Had tradition to. of ours these days. I mean, it's it's what you do. It's what you do. Podcast <laughs> fodder, uh, one hundred and one. So, all right, uh, let's let's jump into it. Ole Miss, as I said in the opening, hosted an invite only junior day, brought in a ton of talent, pretty much across the board. I mean, pretty uh, pretty balanced list here. Had some skill guys, had some big uglies, a uh, very 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 important target at the quarterback position was in town an in-state running back they had everybody um let's get into it I know you want to talk big uglies first you love the offensive lineman um the big one uh that was in town and and big literally and figuratively Stanton Rommel out of Thompson High School in Alabama I saw him in Atlanta um at the Under Armour Next Camp he is humongous um I, I saw his father uh, who played at Alabama, um, or actually, I believe, I think his father, yeah, father at Alabama, grandfather at Auburn. Um, if his if his dad's size is any indication of what Stan Rommel is going to develop into, it is a good sign for whoever lands him. 
because his dad was enormous. Uh, he was in town, got an offer. I know you like him. What, uh, what do you think of Mr. Rommel? Well, I think Rommel, so he posted a, a picture with Lane Kiffin, and now I'd like to give Lane Kiffin a shout-out here. I think he's a lot taller than, than people think he is. His height's not listed anywhere, but I would guess around 6'2", <laughs> six, 6'3", six, six, and he, he posted a photo, Rommel posted a photo with, with Kiffin, and Rommel's a guy who's listed around 6'7", 310, and Lane Kiffin's kind of hanging in there with him. So, so yeah. Credit to Lane there for, you know, staying healthy, staying in shape and, could, and, and fitting his frame. Yeah, could could potentially be some Christopher Nolan trick here uh, with the lighting, with the angle of the picture. Uh, who knows? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, Lane stacks up pretty nicely next to the, uh, the junior from Alabama. But, yeah, I mean, I love, I love Rommel. I'm, I'm really excited about this guy. I'm excited about pretty much anyone over 6'6", 300 in most instances. But in this case – he's not just a project uh, tackle. He's already proved that he's ready to go. I mean, he's above average in terms of athleticism. You probably put him in the left tackle spot, depending on how the offensive line looks when he gets there. If he's not a left tackle right away, you throw him on the right side until that left side opens up. He's got great knee bend, incredible flexibility at the hips. Um, for six, seven, three, ten, you, you would expect some of these guys maybe to be a little, slower a little more sluggish in terms of their get up and go if you will rommel is not he's really quick off of the line of scrimmage really quick to throw the kick step in his packs pass set and has uh the ability to anchor a run game in terms of getting his hands on the inside and redirecting the defensive end the edge rusher whoever's lined up across from him pushing him inside when the, when the run is moving outside or pushing him outside to open up that C gap on the inside. So I think Rommel's a guy who is already listed as a four-star recruit, but will end up being someone who's worth a five-star level talent when it's all said and done. I know he's got a bunch of offers all over the country, kind of too early to tell, where exactly he's going to end up. I don't even know if Alabama has offered him yet. I know Auburn has, uh, Colorado, Duke, Florida State, Marshall, Michigan State, all over the country. Everybody sees what I see in this guy. I've watched a lot of tape on him since the weekend, and he's someone who's going to blossom into a real superstar on the collegiate level. So getting him in Oxford would be, would be very key for the offensive line, which will hopefully, um, you know, we'll undoubtedly see some turnover this, this coming year, but we'll hopefully be able to rebuild for Jackson Dart, for whomever the quarterback ends up being after Jackson Dart, and for the running backs that are coming in who are on the younger side, uh, rebuilding that offensive line is going to be key, and Rommel's going to be a big component of that rebuild if they can get him in powder blue yeah i saw him in atlanta uh they 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 don't do run blocking one-on-one um it's all pass <laughs> sets they had him at left tackle in the one-on-one portion of the camp and look he handled himself very well um the one-on-one in particular that i saw guy tried to go inside handled it well went ahead and just shoved him into the interior and just washed him out 
Um, but yeah, like you said, six, seven, two ninety, but moves pretty nimble for a guy of that size. And um, I think that Ole Miss has his attention early. He told Ben Garrett of the Ole Miss spirit at on three.com. Um, he said that the way football is coached under Kiffin at Ole Miss is very nice. And um, last season's, you know, record setting regular season got his attention. Um, he said he loved the campus, that it was beautiful. Football is a very important aspect of the school. Um, but yeah, he's got a ton of offers. Auburn, prob probably a little bit in the lead because of the, the at-home aspect of recruiting and then also with his grandfather playing quarterback um, for the Tigers in the 60s. Um, they already offered him and they're really pushing for him. But yeah, I like Ole Miss's chances here. Uh, he seems to like the, the um, direction of the program and Jake Thornton, as always, has done a fantastic job recruiting offensive linemen. You mentioned um, protecting the quarterback, you know, whether it's Jackson Dart or whoever. Uh, there was a big-time prospect that was in town. Um, Four-star uh, Christopher Vizina was uh, in town. And, uh, look, I heard there was quite a bit of buzz from uh, Mr. Vizina on his visit. The staff seems to really like him and uh, his game. They think he fits what they like to do in the offense. 6'3", 194 pounds. Um, threw for over 2,200 yards last year, and then also ran for over 616 touchdowns on the ground. Um, as much as you love the big uglies, we do like to talk quarterback play. Uh, Mr. Bazina seems to uh, be ideal for what Kiffin and Charlie Wise Jr. look for. Yeah, I, I think he's exactly the fit that Charlie Weiss in particular looks for. I'm curious to know if he is a backup plan if Arch Manning decides that he is going to go elsewhere or if Ole Miss feels like Vizina could be the guy for whom they are comfortable leading the offense once Jackson Dart goes on to be a first-round NFL draft pick in two years, three years, however long he ends up staying. So I think that's the interesting component with Vizina's recruitment. How much does he care about being – the number one guy does he want to start right away does he want to go to a clemson or a notre dame or even a georgia where he could potentially get on campus and win that starting job likely less at georgia than notre dame or clemson but as of right now those are the the four schools in the mix Ole Miss, georgia notre dame and clemson and clemson was considered to be the clear front runner from the beginning and and i think he still is leaning in that direction However, like you said, there was a lot of buzz about him in Oxford this weekend. He seems to love what everything about the campus and the culture. But then on top of that, what quarterback wouldn't want to go to Oxford and play for Lane Kiffin and Charlie Weiss Jr. right now based on their track record of developing quarterbacks? And then on top of that, when he went down to Clemson, this was back in – he went and took a visit in – Middle of February-ish. Debo Sweeney sat on his lap. Um, this photo went viral. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, on Valentine's Day, Vecina. Kind of glad. One of the oh, boy. Recruiting. I'll send it to you, but y'all should go check it out. <laughs> Vecina took a, one of those recruiting photos that has since been deleted because I think he got roasted for it. But Debo Sweeney literally sat on his lap as if it was Santa Claus. It was super weird, super uncomfortable, gained a lot of negative buzz. 
I think yeah. it might have turned him off of Clemson just a little bit. Obviously, one photo of Dabo Sweeney sitting on your lap and getting, you know, roasted by your friends in the group chat isn't going to be a deciding factor in your recruitment. But it gained a lot of buzz and it was very weird. And I think it may have factored into the outlook on things just a little bit. So curious to see how he plays out. But like you said, I mean, he fits the system perfectly at 6'3", 194. Got a big arm to him. That's very accurate. That's some big, uh, that's some big Michael Scott, Ryan Howard vibes. Yeah, exactly. Dabba, like, I, I need this. I need this. Please <laughs> sit on my lap. Little, little, little desperation there. I, I tend to think this is, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into to more hot takes as college football season approaches. But my hot take early on is that I think the Clemson dynasty is over. Wow, that's I, a very. I, hot I think take. both coordinators are gone. I think Dabo might potentially see the writing on the wall, and uh, yeah, I just hot take in uh, in March for uh, 2022. Um, you know, yeah, I'll, I mean, go, I'll go ahead and back up that hot take. I'm not going to okay. go so far as to say that Clemson is – the dynasty is over. I think this year will be the determining factor. But I'll, I'll back up that hot take and say that if Ole Miss wants Messina in Oxford as their number one guy, meaning that they understand Arch Manning is likely a long shot, I think they're going to get him. I think, yeah, I mean, the question question marks were there. I mean, DJ Uyunglele was – very hit or miss last year. They struggled to score points. The offense was very stagnant at times. They they kind of got into a groove late in the year. But, yeah, I mean, I just think with, with Brent Venables now gone, the head coach at Oklahoma, and then all the flux at the offensive coordinator position, they promoted from within Brandon Streeter, the quarterback's coach. I thought that that was kind of a desperation move to try to get Arch Manning because of the relationship that Streeter has with Arch Manning. Um, mm-hmm. And now Arch has basically eliminated Clemson. Um, but I did want to touch on this. You mentioned, you know, is he a backup plan or, you know, where exactly is he on the board? And Ben Garrett touched on this in his piece uh, that he did when he talked with Vizina. You know, Ole Miss is going after Arch Manning. They're going after – Nico Iamaliva, um, Jane Rashada, Marcel Reed, they've got quarterbacks on the board that they're going after. I'm of the opinion that it's a, it's a bird in the hand type situation. If, if Christopher Vizina, a top 60 prospect, four-star height weight is there, the game is there, the production at a high level is there. If Christopher Vizina wants to commit, he's committing. There is no, no, hold off. We're going to wait and see what what Arch does or what Nico or Rashada or Re- – no, th- th- that's not – they're not bringing him in for a visit. And, by the way, this would be his third visit to Ole Miss. He went to a game last year and he camped in the summer. Um, so this was his third trip. They're not bringing him in as some backup plan. I think Ole Miss is – and this is my opinion. I haven't talked to – Lane Kiffin or Charlie Weiss Jr. I think that they're just recruiting quarterbacks that they think fit what they want to do. And then when they get one, they get one. I look, I know people want Ole Miss to get Arch Manning. Um, he's the number one overall player in the country. He's super talented, but Vizina is no slouch. And if somebody like him wants to commit, there is no, no, we got to wait. No, that's, that's not how it works. 
Um, he will visit Ohio State this weekend. Uh, and then he's already, like you said, been to Clemson. He's taken trips to Notre Dame and Tennessee. And uh, yeah, I think there's going to be um, there's going to be quite the battle for Vizina. Um, he didn't really give a timetable on what he's doing. Um, and then he also, when he talked to Ben Garrity, you know, he said that the recruitment of other quarterbacks doesn't really affect him. You know, he he said that a lot of schools that he's looking to go to are doing that. Um, he said, "I know I can go there right now, and they'd probably take me. It doesn't affect me too much." Um, but it, he's aware. And I mean, the other quarterbacks are aware too. I mean, that's just the nature of the business. Um, everybody's looking to sign a quarterback. Um, staying on the offensive side, Ole Miss also hosted Dante Dowdle, the running back out of Picayune. I talked with him in Atlanta right after he received the offer from Derek Nix and Markwell Blackwell. Very excited about that. Came to Ole Miss. Um, his recruitment is blowing up. Um, on three national analyst Jeremy Johnson wrote about this and talked with Dante Dowdle about his recruitment and how it's really taken off. And it's, you know, he's, he's feeling that vindication. He's feeling justified of, you know, Hey, like I'm starting to get the attention that I feel like I deserve. Um, and, and frankly, I mean, he's not wrong. He ran for 2,500 yards and 28 touchdowns last year for Picayune max prep player of the year, Mississippi 13 and one, they won the state championship. He's really starting to add some big time offers and, um, I think, and I'll ask your opinion after I finish here, I think Ole Miss is probably the favorite right now. Um, Florida State, Oregon, Tennessee, Boston College. Um, he mentioned to me he likes Oregon. He likes, the, he likes the Knowles. He wants to go up to Chestnut Hill and see Boston College, but I think Ole Miss is in the front right now. Yeah, so first of all, happy belated to Dante. His birthday was on Monday. This episode is going to come out either Tuesday afternoon or, or Wednesday morning. Um, happy belated to, to Dante down there in, in Picayune. Uh, 6'2", 215, we talked to him about him, talked about him on the last episode. Runs like a bowling ball. Just, just when he gets up and he's downfield, if, if the offensive line can open up a gap for him, he's just going to run dudes over in the secondary, and he's just not going to stop turning his legs until he's on the turf. And I think, yeah, I mean, as of right now, on March 8th, 2022, he has until February 1st, 2023, if he wants to extend his commitment as long as he possibly can to decide. So there's a lot of recruiting left. But as of today, Ole Miss is in the front. Ole Miss is the favorite. And he has a Ole Miss has a significant lead over Oregon, Florida State, Boston College, et cetera. Now, like you said, he feels like he's getting the respect that he deserves I think a lot is going to change in the next couple of months, the next four or five months, maybe even six to eight months. I think a significant influx of offers are going to come in from other schools that are big time power five programs and could change the picture for Dowdle significantly. Now, with that being said, Ole Miss has kind of been in on Dowdle since the beginning. They were one of the first schools to offer him, one of the first power five schools to offer him, certainly the first SEC school to offer him. So having this long established relationship is going to be very valuable in his recruitment. And as of today, if you said, Hey, Dante, you need to commit today, you'll be playing for the rebels. But again, there's going to be a lot of offers that come in over the course of the next three, four, five, six months. And the picture could get a little muddier 
but I do think that Ole Miss is in the favorite. And if they can keep this pretty significant press that they've kept on him for the last six months, 12 months now, then there's a good chance that he comes to Oxford and becomes not a Snoop Connor type because Snoop is such a different type of, of player with his size and his strength and his speed. Um, but similar in nature in that Daddle gets up and goes and doesn't stop. So with all that being said, I think Ole Miss has a good shot. I personally have a soft spot for what Boston College does with running backs, but I don't think that Daddle's going to commit to a school like BC or even an ACC school over Ole Miss or any of the SEC offers that are set to come in. Yeah, I thought it pretty indicative of where the Rebels stand. Um, when I spoke with Dowdle at the Under Armour Next Camp in Atlanta, he told me that um, Lane Kiffin had contacted him after they gave him the offer and told him that they wanted him to come in in April for a visit. So just a visit, not a camp. They just want to bring him in, talk with him, probably you know, talk scheme, watch film, show him around the facilities, everything. Um, so he was like, man, that was, that was a big deal to me that Lane Kiffin himself reached out to me. And then before the April visit, he was like, well, I'm just going to come in for the junior day. So I think, you know, we always talk about fall the visits and I think that him being from Mississippi, um, you know, he said, um, in his interview with Jeremy Johnson, you know, uh, I'm from Mississippi. So there's a chance that a Mississippi school can compete for a national championship. I'm going to take a look at him. Um, he mentioned that his favorite player is Derek Henry. Lane Kiffin coached him. He knows Lane Kiffin's pedigree as a coach. He worked under Nick Saban. Um, so I think that that has really piqued his interest. You know, not only the winning aspect that Kiffin has brought to the Ole Miss program, but just the cachet that comes with Lane Kiffin. He knows he's coached Derrick Henry. He's worked for Nick Saban. And when that guy is personally recruiting you, it's pretty hard to, uh, to turn away. So I think Ole Miss is in the lead there. Uh, Auburn is also offered. They're going to be in the mix as well with uh, Marcus Woodson being on staff there, being a Mississippi guy. So they'll be knocking on the door, but for now I, I like Ole Miss's chances. Switching over to defense. Um, we'll start with the uh, crew from St. Francis Academy up in Baltimore. Um, they came into town, uh, former Ole Miss rebel Wayne Dorsey is uh, the position coach for the guys that came in town. Deshaun Womack, Isaiah Neal, Darrell Robinson, Cameron Warren. I guess Darrell Robinson plays uh, on the offensive side, so Wayne Dorsey isn't coaching him, but he was, uh, I guess, the quasi-chaperone that brought them into Oxford. Um, right now, it looks like out of the group, um, Ole Miss is in the lead for Deshaun Womack, the number 204 overall player in the country, the number 28 defensive lineman. Penn State LSU are also knocking on the door. He's not a big ugly, but he works in the trenches. What do you like about Deshaun Womack? He's really physical. I think that's his biggest character trait so far. He could use some work um, when it comes to keeping a wide base, keeping his footwork. He gets beat sometimes um, just by not necessarily getting the best jump off of the ball. But when he puts all of the pieces together at 6'4", 250, probably plays closer to 260, 270 once he gets to the collegiate level. He is someone who fills that gap in the middle, not 
always as a nose tackle, as, as that zero technique, but you could push him out to that two, three, even as far as the four technique position and kind of give a different look uh, in terms of defensive line where it's not just this big body who's trying to create chaos and trying to disrupt the middle like Ole Miss has seen in recent years with their defensive linemen where the defensive tackle isn't necessarily the star of the defense. Someone like Womack could come in and be the star of the defense. If he puts all of the intangibles that he has, continues to grow in his, to his frame and shape his craft and his technique, he could be someone that rather than just causing problems in the middle and allowing the defensive edge rushers and the linebackers to step up and make the play, he could be the person making the play. And I think that'll be a very interesting um, recruitment in terms of if Womack comes, do some of his teammates follow? Do some of his teammates give more value to Ole Miss in their recruitment process? Or is it just something where Womack's a one-off and he's coming to Mississippi as the only guy out of Maryland? Um, so having him not only helps in terms of like actual on-field play, but it could help in bringing some other big name guys who are also on campus um, this past weekend to Oxford. And so I'm curious to know from you, if, if you think perhaps Womack, if that domino is to fall, do you think some of the other guys fall with him? You know, there's obviously the Ole Miss tie with, with Wayne Dorsey being on staff at St. Francis Academy. Also, a couple years ago, Ole Miss signed DeMond Clowney out of St. Francis Academy. Um, I would venture to say that Wayne Dorsey played a role in that as well, being familiar with Oxford, being familiar with the school. Once Lane Kiffin was hired, he was one of the first recruits that he reached out to. Um, ben Garrett of the Ole Miss Spirit reported um, earlier this week that he expects DeMond Clowney to be a big part of the defensive line group in 2022 he's had a good off season he's got his body ready to take that next step and, and be a contributor on the uh, defensive line so yeah I mean I don't think it's it's crazy to think that if someone like Deshaun Womack pulled the trigger or was giving Ole Miss a little bit harder of a look that his teammates would also um, do the same thing um, yeah I mean I, I, package deals are, are very rare in recruiting no matter what kids say, no matter what they post on social media with emojis and with clever tweets and Instagrams, it's package deals are very rare. It's, it's not something that happens a lot, but when there's familiarity and you're going that far away from home, it certainly helps to have someone that you know and you trust to be there with you. So I don't think it's crazy to think that they might be able to get maybe one or two from, from St. Francis Academy. And then, like yeah. I said, with Dorsey, being their position coach and and kind of helping them through the recruiting process because he's been there, done that. I don't think it's crazy to think that they might be able to get more than one um, from SFA. Sticking on the defensive line, probably uh, outside of Christopher Vizina, the biggest prospect that was in town, Kelby Collins, the number 55 overall prospect in the country. The guy's got over 30 offers, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Florida, Auburn. Everybody wants Mr. Collins. He's the number eight defensive lineman in the country. This was what stuck out to me. He released the top eight. Ole Miss was not included 
but he still took an unofficial visit, came in for the junior day, met with Randall Joyner, seems to like what he's hearing from the staff. Um, Ben Garrett talked with him, asked him if he could see Ole Miss being a place that he could play in college, and he said he could. He said he he thinks that Joyner knows what he's doing, and he has a plan for his players. Um, You know, the NFL Combine was going on over the weekend. The draft is coming up. These kids want to go play somewhere in college, and they want to get to the next level. Randall Joyner coached a guy in Sam Williams that really had a huge combine. Um, I think that that has to open some eyes for some of these prospects to see uh, Joyner reap some of the uh, awards from his work and what he did with Sam Williams um, in 2021. 6'5", 278, out of Gardendale, Alabama High School. Um, they're recruiting quite a few guys from Gardendale, but Kelby Collins is uh, the one that Ole Miss has made a priority. I think Kelby is a stretch. I don't know if he, I, I, as of right now, I would not be particularly confident in him choosing Ole Miss in the end. But like you said, Ole Miss was not on his top eight and still chose, he still chose to come to junior day. So if he was to redo that top eight today, I think Ole Miss would sit three, four, three, third, fourth, or fifth in the mix. I think Ole Miss really surprised him when he came down to Oxford this weekend and in a good way. I think he was really astonished by not only the campus and the fact that the square is awesome. And even this time of year, I mean, early March, Ole Miss isn't the most beautiful campus on the, on the face of the earth, but then you give it a month from now, if he's to come back and see all of the flowers in bloom and see the campus in full spring hustle and bustle. I think that would be something very beneficial for him. Now, I don't know if he's going to come back, but then speaking strictly football wise, I think he was impressed with how much the coaching staff was willing to open up with him. I think when it comes to junior days and and large prospect on campus visits, I think there's a lot of times where coaches don't get to spend enough time with a player because they have to go shake hands and kiss babies with so many other recruits. I think that Lane Kiffin and the entire Ole Miss coaching staff put Kelby Collins at the top of their priority list list this weekend and made sure to know that he is their priority. He was there because they wanted him there because they want him in Oxford And they gave him the time of day and the time that he needed from start to finish where every moment of every day, he had the opportunity to speak with coaches. He had the opportunity to hear from other players who have come to Ole Miss and have learned and developed into players that are greater than they were in high school. And so I think that was really important for him to see, okay, You know, they're not just Ole Miss. They're not just this little school in the SEC making this miraculous run with this coach who had a little bit of a troubled history. I think troubled is the wrong word there, but for lack of better of coming to Ole Miss and trying to refine himself and then get out. I think he got to Oxford and realized, okay, Lane Kiffin is legit. He's here to stay. He's built a staff of talented defensive guys around him, including – And I'd love to shout out Monty Kiffin here at 82 years old. 
I mean, the the father of the Tampa two, one of the best, if not the best defensive coach in NFL collegiate history, et cetera, an absolute legend. He was there all weekend in every meeting, in every visit, anytime that the defensive recruits were, recruits were around campus and around the facility, so was Monty. And I think that was something that really impressed Kelby Collins, seeing the family atmosphere and seeing the value that having a guy like Monty just in the room, he immediately brings the IQ up. He immediately brings a new old school look at a defense, but also, you know, just it adds kind of that extra voice to the room. And I think Kelby really liked that. And so he posted on, on Twitter after his visit, um, he had posted a couple other visits and he had said, you know, things like, Oh, Alabama was great. Hey, thanks for the, you know, trip. What are we thinking about this? I had a great time at Georgia this weekend. This could be dangerous. At Ole Miss, all he said, why not the SIP? And I think that's a great question that, that for him to be asking, because I don't think he expected all that much coming into Oxford. I don't think he expected it to be a team that would really catch his interest. And so why not? You know, if he doesn't see a reason not to go to Mississippi, which I think is a, a big thing in terms of recruiting at Ole Miss. You have to show them, here's like what we have to offer. There's no reason that we can't compete at a top level like the rest of the country. And I think Kelby saw that. And if he is to end up at Oxford, I don't think as of right now that he will. He would be an immediate impact. And he's just a freak of nature. Back earlier in February, he posted a video. I mean, he's what, 6'5", 278. And he posted a, a video of him throwing it down a windmill slam dunk. So he's just one of those freak of nature athletes that will blossom into an NFL draft pick wherever he ends up, hopefully. It is in Oxford. Yeah, I mean, big ups to him for knowing his football history and knowing who Monty Kiffin was on the Tampa 2. I mean, mm-hmm. for a guy that what, was probably born in 2005. <laughs> yeah, I um, think after, yeah, after yeah, I don't know how Monty had hung it up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty neat that uh, he, he knew about Monty Kiffin. Um, all right, last defensive guy that we're going to touch on before we get to Jamie Shaw and talk some basketball recruiting. T.J. Metcalf, uh, the 2023 safety out of Alabama from Pinson Valley over in Birmingham, obviously the last name. Uh, you, you heard it. Yes, you guessed correctly. He is related to D.K. Metcalf, Terrence Metcalf. Um, came into town for junior day. Um, he was adamant. He told Ben Garrett of the Ole Miss Spirit part of On3.com, the family thing is not something that's going to be a deciding factor. It's not going to be, oh, well, you know, my cousin went there. Uh, well, I'm going to go there because he did. No, it's it's not that. But I do think that Ole Miss has his attention. And I think that like with Kelby Collins, um, he was someone, someone that got there and was like, whoa, like facilities are really nice. And there's some, there's some top talent here that are also coming to take a look. So, I think Ole Miss is in a good spot right now with DJ Metcalf. And, you know, it's not just because of the family connection. 
Um, I recently posted my names to know, looking at the safety targets for the 2023 class, um, looking at TJ Metcalf and the 6'1", 190 pound safety, um, you know, told um, Ben Garrett, you know, Chris Partridge has been his main contact. Um, he said that Penn State, Miami, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Georgia are also recruiting him. Um, but he mentioned, you know, Partridge has been sticking with me since day one. Uh, ever since he came to their camp, he has been the guy that he has been staying in touch with. Um, it's his third trip to Oxford since last summer. Um, I think that the family ties are only going to help Ole Miss and that familiarity, being comfortable, going somewhere like Ole Miss and moving away from home. But I think the school to keep an eye on, probably the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, they've yet to offer, but I do think they have his attention. And if they do offer, I think that things could uh, possibly get a little hairy there. Yeah, I agree. I think if Georgia does offer, it'll come down to Ole Miss and Georgia. But for, for TJ, I know he says the last name and the family has nothing to do with his decision and he's not going to let it play a role. Yes, it will. I mean, like, I know he has to say that and he wants to say that and he doesn't want to be roped in with his cousin and his uncle and all that good stuff, but it's going to happen. It, it, Metcalf is a Metcalf. And if Ole Miss wants him in Oxford, they can put the full court press, full court press on him to go get him and bring him in over a school like Georgia when, if, and when Georgia offers. And I think he's only a three-star prospect right now. I think he might get bumped up to a four-star by the time this is all said and done. But even if he doesn't, he plays above his ranking and plays above his last name. So there's going to be a lot of uh, schools that are looking to get in the mix um, over the next couple of months, even though some pretty big name schools are already in the mix, Michigan, Miami, Penn state, Florida state, Auburn, Georgia's probably going to get into the mix. So it's going to be interesting once those bigger offers start coming in, but he's one of those guys that you have the upper hand at Ole Miss. You, you have been with him for a long time. He has seen the facility. He was impressed by the talent coming in around him. And I know he says it doesn't factor in, but it's his last name. If, if you want a Metcalf in Oxford, you go get him. And I think that will happen unless Georgia gets in the mix and then it comes down to a coin flip between the two. And before we move on here and, and we switch over to basketball, TJ Metcalf and Darrell Robinson both took videos in the 360 cam that they now have. Um, every school in the country now has to up their media game and is trying to get all the recruits their their top videos and stuff. Um, Wesley Turner, I don't think you're listening to this podcast, but if you are as the manager of on-campus recruiting, perhaps delineate to somebody else. Can we get some WD-40 on the 360 cam? Um, the 360 cam is awesome, but we got to get that thing running smoother. The videos are a little, uh, little, little sketch there, a little glitchy. Um, let's get some WD-40 in there so we can get these guys the videos that they deserve. And with that, I'll turn it back to you so we can head over to, to it, the hardwood. All right. Uh, 
that's going to conclude the recap of the very first invite only junior day that Ole Miss has hosted uh, this spring. They will continue to do so. We will bring you all of the information, insight, and analysis from who is showing up and the latest that we're hearing. But for now, we're going to take our break, hear from the sponsors, and then when we get back, we will hear from Jamie Shaw, on three national basketball recruiting analyst, to talk about Amari Abram and the 2022 signing class. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. 
we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And we are now joined by On3 National Recruiting Analyst, Jamie Shaw. Going to talk some Amari Abram. Talk a little bit about the 2022 signing class that Kermit Davis and his staff are bringing in. Jamie, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate it. Zach, I appreciate you having me. Very excited to talk and uh, to, to, to get rocking on some Rebel basketball. Yeah, so let's, let's hop right into it. Um, you know, on the court this season, we were talking about it a little bit before we hit the record button. Hasn't been too exciting for Rebel fans, but the signing class that they are bringing in is I believe right now it's, it's nothing flashy. It's, it's top 35 nationally, um, 75% blue chip rating though. And the most recent addition of Mari Abram out of Southern California Academy um, is probably in my opinion, one of the most slept on dudes in this class. Um, what are your take uh, or I should say, what is your take on him after seeing him? Yeah. So uh, Amari, um, he was formerly committed to, to Texas A&M, had a big summer, uh, and then backed off. Uh, he told me that uh, one of the main reasons was he just didn't think the fit for him um, at Texas A&M was, was, was appropriate. So uh, transferred his senior year out to SoCal Academy, um, and he's had a huge senior year. Um, Abram himself, he's a very crafty player. Uh, he's more craft and skill than he is athleticism and pop. Um, but he's a fit for kind of what has had success with Kermit Davis, the, the guard play of the guys that kind of are score first uh, lead guards. Um, he can really shoot the ball and score the ball. He he's understands angles and footwork when getting into the paint. Uh, he's got a great change of pace that allows him to get uh, past his defender to his spots. And, and he really knows his game. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, he, he la- he's not a, he's not a high end athlete. Uh, he might not even get any dunks in game. Um, you know, in a season or whatnot, but he's very crafty and able to get to where he needs to go on the floor and, and produce. I made sure um, because I know you're everywhere. Um, if, if people if people aren't are following you on Twitter by now, they need to at Jamie Shaw Five. Uh, you're covering anything and everything uh, basketball related for on three, but you have had a chance to see Amar Abram in person. Um, what was your take? I know that you've seen him a little bit on the AAU travel ball circuit, but then you've also seen him with SoCal Academy. Um, you just touched on it a little bit, but how do you think his game translates to not only Ole Miss, but to the SEC? Um, I, I think it translates well. You know, ball players are ball players um, a lot of times. And obviously the SEC, they're at an influx of talent right now. I mean, some of the best coaches in the country – um, some of the most exciting teams in the country are in the SEC, and it's one of the top two or so, three, if not the best conference in the country right now um, as things stand. Um, Amari Abram is a, is a crafty scoring guard, um, you know, so he fits right in with the, uh, with the speed of play. He fits right in with the confidence and the kind of the brash nature um, that guards have in, in the SEC. Um, you know, he's a little bit more crafty than athletic. He thinks the game a little bit more than just being shot out of a cannon. Um, but I, I, you know, he, he fits, like I said, I, I think he fits what Kermit, Dave, Kermit Davis does with his primary lead guards, uh, in the past with their ability to, to handle the ball, bring the ball up into the front court and then score the ball. 
Now, I haven't seen him play in person. I've just looked at things on Twitter, YouTube, um, seen various clips that people have shared of his game. And to me, he looks to be a pretty balanced guard. He can kind of play the one or the two. It seems mm-hmm. that with the – and look, at so Cal Academy, um, I mean, they're a little spoiled in the backcourt over there with what they have to work with. So he's – He's not on the floor all the time as a one. He's not on the floor all the time as a two. He kind of plays all over the place. I think he's balanced enough to handle both duties, and I think that he's capable of running the floor, bringing the ball up, running the offense. But then he spent quite a bit of time, I believe, on the travel ball AAU circuit, playing as an off-ball guard and um, creating his own shot. And I think you mentioned that this past summer when he really shot up the rankings and people started paying attention. He's a very crafty guy off the bounce. And in terms of the one or the two, where do you see him fitting in the college game? Yeah, so it's going to be super interesting because obviously um, Ole Miss has Deshaun Ruffin, who's probably uh, a little bit of the same thing. Um, you know, the, the, the combo between the one and two, but at 5'9". So uh, Amari Abram, 6'2", 6'3", long arms, good defender. Uh, fits right beside what Deshaun Ruffin does. And you can have them both play off of one another, both be, you know, either one of them bring the ball to the front court, either one of them uh, play off the ball too. The last time I watched Amari was actually the night before he committed uh, to Ole Miss. Uh, He had 36 points on 10 made threes, um, you know, in in that game. So he's certainly capable, um, but he was also playing. He scored those 36 points and 10 made threes as the primary initiator, as the lead ball handler um, for his team. So, uh, yeah, he's very capable. I think he kind of fits right in there with, uh, you know, the Deshaun Ruffin type of guy where they can play in the backcourt together. Neither one of them being lead guards, both of them kind of being combo guards and, and, and filling in the gaps uh, beside one another. So I know that you, you touched on it in your coverage of Abram leading up to his commitment to Ole Miss and, and also your uh, colleague or our colleague, uh, another national analyst, uh, Joe Tipton, talked about it. Um, Abram's recruitment was was kind of – kind of funky, kind of bizarre, and, you know, just kind of the, the day and age of college basketball and coaching carousel and, and just the comings and goings of uh, recruiting. But chose Ole Miss over Louisville, St. John's, DePaul, and Maryland. Um, for those that keep up with college basketball, there's a, a lot of flux there with head coaches in that top five. But what do you think was, I guess, the deciding factor or maybe the tipping point for Ole Miss to, to take the lead and ultimately land Abram? I think it was the relationship um, that, that they had formed uh, with the staff, but not only the relationship they had formed, but also the, the style of play. Um, I, I think that he saw a fit there. Um, he, he spoke very heavily uh, when, I, when I spoke to him in, uh, what was that, November maybe, um, about looking for fit. And then again, when I spoke to him this past week, uh, you know, the fit as to the style of play um, it really, um, I guess, kind of drove it home. The relationship, though, the, the staff did a really good job of establishing a relationship and, and letting him see uh, how he could be uh, within their system and, and guys like him and stuff that have succeeded uh, in that system. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24-7, 365 
You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Berry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Berry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So you're a national analyst. You talk to everybody and it's, and we'll take a look at the national picture here. We'll, we'll, we'll pull it back. 10,000 foot view here. I want to look at the bigger picture. I think Abram is a perfect example of how recruiting is much different than those that don't follow it every single day um, is because you look at Abram and, and his, you know, you just said it was the fit and what he thought about the offense and what he liked about the staff. And I think that that's such a big thing with recruiting, not only in basketball, but football, everything else is, you know, almost on the court is not having a great season. I mean, they're going to have to win the SEC basketball tournament to get into the NCAAs. I don't even know if they'll get to the NIT because they have just not had a great season. But he obviously didn't seem to care about that. It was more about the relationship he had with, with Kermit Davis, Ronnie Hamilton, and then how he thinks he will fit in that offense. You mentioned Deshaun Ruffin, um, another great guard that they have that is coming off a knee injury, um, was really having a great season before that. And then Matthew Morrell, another former blue chip guy that is having a great season. So it seems like it's more and more becoming a thing for recruits to look, I'm not looking at wins and losses. Like obviously if, if you want to go, if you get an offer from Duke, you get an offer from Gonzaga, um, you, you know, those big time programs, it, it's, it's a head turner, but Abram, a guy that's a top 100 prospect had suitors all over the place and he could have waited to see what was coming around the bend, but he went with his gut and went with the fit. And do you think that that's something that is just becoming more and more apparent in recruiting and not just, Hey, I'm just going to go somewhere where they win. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with relationships. I think a lot of it has to do, like you said, with fit, um, you, you know, everybody's goal. Well, two things, I guess, with high school prospects, uh, I think it bleeds over on the football side as well is they're not used to losing. They, they think they can come into a situation and turn things around and, and, and do all that. 
Um, so they're not thinking about what's currently there and all that. They're thinking about them, you know, how, how they, they're, they're going to win. Um, but also too, everybody's goal is to get to the next level. So, um, you know, even the three stars, the two stars, the guys ranked outside the top 100, they all want to be a pro. Um, so th the best fit is what helps them shine the most and where they feel they can get the most development at, whether that be at, um, you know, an, an Ole Miss or a Duke or a, or, or a Gonzaga, um, you know, that, that's their end goal. And then also now with this age of NIL, obviously we know that the college coaches can't partake in helping with that or whatnot. But, um, you know, in the age of NIL, that allows some quote unquote off brand schools to become involved um, and, and have a unique sales pitch that might not have been there five, 10 uh, years ago uh, with these prospects. So last thing here before we wrap things up, but again, appreciate your time. Uh, and I mentioned earlier, if you're not following him on Twitter, you need to because it is just a constant, constant flow of information at Jamie Shaw five on Twitter and also follow everything that he does at on three sports. Um, we talked about it before we started. Even though Ole Miss has not had a great season, really good recruiting class for Kermit Davis and his staff. They've got Malik Ewan, TJ Caldwell, Robert Coward, uh, who's Amari Abrams' teammate at SCA, and then now they've added Amari Abram. What do you think of this class, and, and what do you think of Ole Miss's recruiting efforts moving forward, uh, possibly looking at the transfer portal? I, I I love this class. I mean, I, I think you I think you um, check a lot of boxes with this class. Um, you know, TJ Caldwell is a high upside wing uh, who, who who he's always been a great athlete, but over the last year he's he's figured out a little bit with the shooting. He's figured out a little bit with getting to his spots in the half court and playing off the bounce and stuff. He's somebody I could easily see. We have him one seventeen right now. I, I I could easily see him outplaying his ranking at the end of the day. Robert Coward. He's a, he's a role-playing wing. You know, he, he knows what he does, and he comes in, and he kind of is a connective tissue type guy that fills in the gaps. Um, maybe not a superstar, but the guy that, you know, makes a lot of the winning plays um, that help build a program. Big, strong, physical wing with good straight-line athleticism, can shoot a little bit. Uh, he's played on the highest stage for a long time. And Malik Ewan is a no-nonsense big. He knows what he does. He rim runs, and he, and he gets rebounds. He's got a little bit of touch, too, and stuff, but he, he plays a tough brand of basketball. Um, and the paint that, that has had success, um, you know, at this Ole Miss program. And obviously we spoke about Amari Abram, but this is a very good class and that it, it checks a lot of boxes uh, with stylistic fits where, um, you know, they, they come in and play with Ole Miss and, and, and their skill sets are enhanced by the style of play and the fit within the program. Um, you know, I, I really like kind of what they did with this class and to the, to the transfer portal um, part, it's my understanding that they're probably going to have two or three more guys come through the transfer portal um, to kind of fill out the roster as well. And as we saw yesterday, uh, the transfer portal is just now starting to get really jumping with D1, uh, D1 prospects kind of jumping in it. So um, as teams continue to lose, as conference tournaments continue to end, um, you know, and teams are bounced out, their season's in, that portal over the next three, four weeks is going to be um, jumping. And – you know, as with the portal stuff, this happens quickly. Um, you know, it, it'll be somebody you've never heard of. All of a sudden he commits, you know, the next day um, to a school and whatnot. So the, the portal action happens very quickly. Um, a little bit comes out of nowhere because it's a little bit less, um, you know, done under wraps and everything as well. But, um, 
yeah, I, I like the class. I, I think this class is, is on top of a, you know, th- there's talent that's already there, as you mentioned, and, and bringing in new talent as well. This might have just been an aberration um, of a year. Um, Kermit's had success in the past, and uh, you, you put talent you put talent on the floor and anything can happen. It's just that they're in the SEC. And as we mentioned before, the SEC is just chock full of talent with great coaching and, um, you know, high-level recruiting classes all the way around. So I think that Amari Abram, Robert Coward, and their teammates at SCA yes. are possibly in the running for the GEICO Nationals, um, which starts, I believe, March 31st, so the end of this month. Um, I don't know if you have any insight into who is being selected for that. Looking at the USA Today Top 25, I mean, Sunrise Christian from Kansas. Uh, there's a couple Texas programs. IMG is, of course, in the mix. Um, Duncanville out of Texas is, I believe, only lost one game this season. And then you've got Montverde Academy down in Florida that's going to be possibly in the field. Do you know who is being selected for that at this time, or do you think that it's a couple weeks from being uh, from the field being selected? Um, so th- they have uh, they've announced seven of the eight teams um, that are going to be in it. I, I don't have it pulled up right now. Um, I know like AZ Compass, Sunrise, Montverde, IMG. Um, gracious, let me see here. Yeah, I, I don't have it off the top. Of, so here we go. Um, no, I don't have it off the top of my head. But they they've selected seven of the eight teams already. I don't want to I don't want to misstep and say a team that, that wasn't selected. Um, <laughs> but but the uh, I, I know I know Sunrise, Oak Hill, Montverde, IMG, AZ Compass are five of the seven that have been announced. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite in that tournament? Uh uh, Sunrise, Sunrise has been really good. Um, Montverde um, has a lot of talent on the roster. IMG's got a lot of talent. Sunrise uh, will be interesting. AZ Compass also. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of parity in it, and I think it'll be fun to fun to watch and see how it uh, how it ends up. All right, well, that's Jamie Shaw, on three sports national recruiting analyst. Again, follow him at Jamie Shaw 5 on Twitter. Stay up to date with everything going on in high school and college basketball. Jamie, thanks for the time, man. We'll do it again soon. Man, I, I appreciate it. And, guys, make sure that you all go on and subscribe to On3. If you subscribe to one site, you get access to all the sites, um, you know, on, just like the, the old Miss site that we have on On3. All the sites that we have are the leading fan sites for for their schools and everything. And we're going to continue adding more and more sites. Um, We just added a a Texas A&M site yesterday. And we're going to keep adding more and more to the the plate. So make sure you get it on the front end of it now. That's great. Um, uh, You know, uh, I think $1 maybe right now to to subscribe or or, or whatnot, the, the deals and everything too. I don't know. I might be misquoted on that, but. Super cheap, but it's top-of-the-line content and everything. Zach and, uh, does a great job there um, with the Ole Miss site as well. So make sure that you jump in on the front end of everything, too. Well, thanks for tuning in to this edition of Not Committed. We'll be back later this week with another episode. Thanks to Jamie, thanks to Grayson, and thanks to you, the listener, and, of course, the sponsors for making this show possible. Until next time, we out. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.